What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 190 of Smack Talk, presented by SmartOutMoment.com. I'm Tony Mango, the host of the panel, and joining me on the mic for this evening, I've got with me Mr. Mike Payton. What? Mr. Kalen Ferris. Ferris said that we. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and Mr. Sean Walker. Why, hello. Hello. Ah. We've got two main events coming your way on this episode. The mailbag questions that you guys have submitted for July. The call the spot for the NXT 5. We've also got the hot tags coming up in part two. We've got a rest hold in part three. The fantasy league at the end of the show. And, of course, we're in part one right now, which means it's time for the kickoff. The wrestling trivia question of the week, otherwise known as the Ask Him. Ask Him. For those who don't know what the Ask Him is, I'll give you a quick breakdown here. Two questions, they tie together in some fashion. The first is to the panel on the show, and the second one is to the audience. Last week's question was uh, to the panel, who used the theme song Metal for their entrance before Kurt Angle? And it was actually kind of a, a surprise thing here. Two of them did. Sergeant Slaughter did, and so did The Patriot. Patriot was the easy one there. Slaughter one only used it for a tiny little bit when he was feuding with the X. Question to the audience. Name the two wrestlers who have portrayed the Patriot gimmick, and those were Del Wilkes and either Tom Brandy or Salvatore Sincere. I would have accepted either answer because they're the same guy. Um, Peter Piccinini says, Hulk Hogan, Del Wilkes, Wild Guess, or for all I know, my WWE 2K15 team of Mark Henry and Jack Swagger, the All-American Rejects. Mara Supremo says, I think they are Mr. America and Sting. And fuck yeah, I will be the next commentator in WWE who suffers of stuttering just like Taz and still be better than him and piss the hell out of Byron Saxton. I'm all on board with that. I love how everybody's just ragging on Byron lately. And even on uh, Tough Enough, I was watching this, uh, the thing that they do afterward, Tough Talk, with um, Miz, which is totally something that Taz would do. Oh, it's Tough Talk. Ah, it's tough. But he uh, pointed out, he was just like, where's Byron Saxton? Somebody get this guy in my room and stuff. Byron's just like in the background doing fucking nothing and stuff. Poor Byron. But he brought it on himself. Uh, so, this week's set of questions are going to be from Mike Payton. So I'm going to pass this over to you, Mike. Question of the panel. What do you got for us? Uh, well, the first part of my two-part question goes to you guys. And that question, I, I know this is late, but the theme this week is the Hall of Fame. Because over on my website, keepingkfabe.com, which I've recently revamped, I am working on the Hall of Fame section. So I learned a lot of fun facts about all the Hall of Fames that are out there. So first to you guys, who is the only member of both the WWE and the WCW Hall of Fames to be inducted while they both were active. Hmm. Are you starting? Uh, Hulk Hogan? Nope. Hulk Hogan wasn't even in WCW by the time they stopped doing the Hall of Fame. Ric Flair. Not Ric Flair. Ric Flair wasn't inducted until like 2008, dude. Well... <laughs> Any other guesses? Younger Ric Flair. Hmm. Bret Hart. Nope. Again, he wasn't inducted until 2006 for WWE. Long after hmm. WCW folded, guys. Come on. Damn. Maybe I'll somebody give, like I'll a you, I'll Harley you a Race? I'll give you a hint. All right. So the WWE Hall of Fame was made to honor the people from like the 70s and 80s era of WWE. 
while the WCW Hall of Fame was made to honor like Jim Crockett promotions and Florida Championship Wrestling and those ones. So it was someone from those time periods, and no, it wasn't who you said, Tony. Pop Patterson. Nope. He was WWE guy. Mm. <laughs> One final guess for everybody here. Uh, it's Buddy gotta Ross. be Sting. I can't think That's, of anybody. Sting's not even in the WWE Hall of Fame yet. Greg DeHammer Valentine. <laughs> Good guess, but no. Sean, you want to make one last stab at it? No. <laughs> it's the Junkyard Dog. Never would have guessed that. Yeah. Yep. Junkyard Dog went into the WWE one, I believe it was in 1993, and then WCW in 1994, right after each other. Or maybe it was the other way around, but it was consecutive. Only guy to be into both while they were still active. A number of people would go on to go into both later on. Um, and my, that actually leads to my question for you guys out there. There is only one man who has the honor of being in the WWE Hall of Fame, the WCW Hall of Fame, and the NWA Hall of Fame. So those are pretty much the three biggest wrestling Hall of Fames you can get yourself into. Who is that one man? No, fuck if I know that one, but, <laughs> but if you guys think you know the answer or you want to just take a flat-out guess, leave a comment below or send a tweet at SmartOutMoment with the hashtag AskHim or leave a comment on the SmartOutMoment page itself. And next week, we'll tell you the answer, we'll divulge anything else that we need to divulge, and we'll just talk about whatever you guys talk about. So, that's it for part one. AskHim's done. We're going to get into the hot tags in part two, so stay tuned if you are on iTunes or Stitcher, and if you are on YouTube, all you got to do is click on that next video, and Smack Talk will be right back. Welcome back. We are on the hot tags of the week. Anything that was interesting, random, odd, or important that happened in the world of uh, professional wrestling, a couple different things are going on. Let's talk about one of the biggest topics that's got a lot of controversy. Actually, there's two things that are going on with Stone Cold Steve Austin that are controversial this week, and I don't really know why that's uh, just popping up, but one that has gotten people talking is that Stone Cold Steve Austin is on the cover of WWE 2K15, and a lot of people are complaining, saying that it should be someone else. If you were the person in charge of doing this, I mean, we've had this kind of stuff in the past where they've done, like, the contest where you can do other shit, and people have put, like, Blue Meanie on there and stuff, but who do you guys think should have been on there? Is Austin a valid person just because of his legacy, or should they have gone with somebody younger and on the current roster? I think the best person would have been Brock Lesnar. I think he's your biggest cross-stream star that you have, um, and he's... He's a guy who would just look cool on there. I mean, you see this game with this big, mean-looking dude with these tattoos on him, and you've seen him, like, punch people out numbers of times. Who the hell wouldn't want to play that? I mean, Stone Cold's cool. I, I, I don't have as much of a problem with this as a lot of other people. I just do think Brock Lesnar would have been better. Has Lesnar ever been on the cover of one of them? Yes, he, he has. He, yeah, he had a game named after him. <laughs> Here comes the pain. It was the first one they okay, did that, yeah. that wasn't uh, rock-themed, actually, so that was pretty significant. Yeah, I think he would have been a better pick this time around. Uh, Stone Cold, you know, definitely has, you know, the legacy behind him. But since he isn't as relevant these days, I think they're just kind of cashing in on that. You know, hey, you guys like Stone Cold, right? Here, you should buy this game. Uh, I agree that Lesnar definitely would have been a better pick this time around, considering especially what's going on storyline-wise. Last year it was Cena, right? Yes. And the year before that it was Punk? The... Limited edition was no. Hulk Hogan. Sting wasn't that, wasn't he? Or 
Sting was the limited edition for last year. Okay. They, they, had a, they, had, they had a couple limited editions, actually, because in the year before that, they also had like an Undertaker one. But yeah, last year was um, John Cena. Year before that was... CM Punk and The Rock. CM Punk. Year before that was Randy mm-hmm. Orton. Um, I, don't, I don't remember before that, honestly. I think, I that think was the year before moments. that was DX. Sounds right, because that was when they did that tag team thing. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if they weren't going to go with Brock Lesnar, I would think the next best option would be Seth Rollins. I would have gone with Seth Rollins. Well, we know why, because he's beautiful, for, right? For, for him being <laughs> the current champion. Um, yeah, that that also is a reason why it makes sense, because he's not even, like, a paper champion or something like that. He's been champion for a couple months now. I'm just glad it wasn't Roman Reigns. Even Roman Reigns would have made more sense to me than Steve Austin. Why does it have to be one person? Like, some of my favorite covers are actually, like, the mid-2000s SmackDown vs. Raw covers where they'll have, like, you know, seven or eight people on there. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could throw on Brock Lesnar. You could throw on Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. You could throw on Kevin Owens, John Cena. Put them all on there together. That would look awesome. Yeah, some of the pay-per-view posters do that. I mean, some of them do have one particular person on it, but a lot of them have multiple stars, so why not? You know what I would kind of like to see? The day was um, the Just Bring It. Just Bring Did It. What was that uh, so the Rock. Spring, it was on PS2. It was um, The Rock with um, Kid Angle, Mankind, out. and... Hmm. Well, th- that was an interesting cover thing, because what they did is they would have one star that was, like, the main guy in front, but the background, rather than just being, like, a gradient or something like that, was, like, actual photos of in-ring action, like Kurt Angle with an angle- ankle lock on somebody, or, you know, someone doing a power bomb. I don't know much about this game, like, what their gimmick is. I know that they kind of try to do a gimmick each time around, but I still have only played, like, one of these 2K games and for, like, ten minutes, and I thought that it they're was boring fucking, as shit. They're fucking awful. They like, seem like it. I never it, really liked wrestling games. It takes so long to get the controls down. The matches just move at a snail's pace. They, mm-hmm. I, they've completely fucked up the custom tool, like, designing your own wrestler. It's awful now, which was one of the most fun things to do. They, they have a lot of work to do, and I expected the first year to be a little fuzzy. By the second year, I hope they would have their shit together. I'm not going to be getting this one right away. I'm going to need to see how it goes, and if I don't see really positive reviews, I'm probably going to skip the, for the first time in a long time. For me, they got to revamp the current owner system. I hate the reversal system. I don't know what they've done, but they fucking nerfed it. I have not purchased a wrestling video game in over a decade, and I really don't plan on doing another one soon unless unless i hear that it's absolutely amazing but like based on the most recent one like you are like mike was saying it didn't blow people away so unless they really overhaul it and make it something that i can't miss i'm gonna skip it yeah the last one i owned was Warzone. <laughs> oh god that was awful that was on the ps1 yeah, wasn't it the game was fucking awful All i had it for the n64 but um or i think was... i had it for the n64 well, yeah I think I no i was thinking of raw as war no um, Warzone. Warzone was on both, um, but th- it was made by the same company, Acclaim. And they, they also made Raw's War, which was basically the same fucking game. Yeah. All of them were fucking terrible. Acclaim had no idea how to make a wrestling game, and neither does 2K. But I would think that maybe a good gimmick for them to do for this one, and this might be a little overboard, because a lot of people are kind of just like, you know, of course you would do this kind of thing, but NXT has really been taking things by storm. It'd be kind of interesting to me if they would have had, like, the three different versions of the thing where you could have like, um, you know, like the legends version and you could have Austin on that one. And then you could have the current main roster one with Brock Lesnar or Seth Rollins. And then you can have like the NXT version and have Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn or something. 
now maybe do some kind of like a uh I don't know, some kind of like storyline in the game or some kind of um different mode or something where it's like an NXT takeover kind of thing with the main roster, have the NXT guys cuz it's supposed to have the most amount of people ever. And I have to imagine that the NXT people are in there. Mhm. That would make sense to me and you, you know you'd have like the people that would buy the Sami Zayn cover or the people that would buy the Rollins cover, you know what I mean? Like I mean, they still might do that. It might just be that Austin's the first one that they wanted to promote, but it does seem like an odd choice to me to just be like, Austin for 2015, because he's been around twice in the past year doing podcasts. I, I have I have a feeling like maybe tensions really were bad with them, and this was like WWE's way of like bringing him back into the fold. That would make sense. Like, hey, man, come on, we'll put you on the video game cover. How would you like that? You know? Yeah, you get yep, a little yep. bit extra money because you're on the cover. I can see that. You sure they just didn't get mixed up and thought to themselves, oh, we can't get Chris Jericho, so we go for the next best thing? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, is it really that big of a deal? It's just a fucking video game. Yeah, well, people have been like bitching and complaining about it and stuff. and uh, I think it's actually even funnier when you take into account the other thing that's happening this week with Austin which is that Piper is saying that he was threatened to be fired from Podcast One because Will Sasso, the comedian, did an impression of Stone Cold on his show, and then they get, they took it down, and Austin's got no like sense of humor, and Austin's basically saying the timeline's all off for everybody talking about this. This is months ago and stuff like that, which doesn't necessarily say, yeah, I did get pissed off. I think that this is an odd situation, but it looks to me to be a situation where they probably did have Austin bitching and complaining. And Piper strikes me as the type of person who was like, he wouldn't just go, oh, okay. He would, like, fight back. And I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at, like, this story that's coming out. I'm looking at Austin. That's the cover of 2K15. All the reports that there were some problems and all that. I'm getting the feeling that maybe Austin's being a role prick the past couple of months. Austin never really was that nice of a guy. <laughs> Let's not forget, this guy used to beat his wife. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's a downer. <laughs> I mean, uh, they, they, they always say he's the perfect example of the wrestler that takes their personality and turns it up a notch. Well, and her personality is a rebel who beats up their boss, beats up women, drinks lots of beer, Gets rowdy, steals vehicles, runs things over other cars. That's Steve Austin. <laughs> JR's just like cheering him on at home. <laughs> Yo, real talk though. Have you ever listened to Roddy Piper's podcast? No. I haven't listened no. to any of them. It's fucking horse shit. It's the absolute worst wrestling podcast I think I've ever listened to. His voice is terrible. Really? He has no timing. He just sounds like a rambling old fool. And he never should have had it to begin with. My guess is that they've been trying to sever this relationship for a long time. I'm sure Stone Cold and Roddy probably do have legitimate heat, but I don't think this is like the total reason. I think Stone Cold may have gotten upset, and they're like, all right, final straw, Piper, you're out of here. He's worse than Taz's? I would assume that Taz was the worst. No, Taz really wasn't that bad. Hmm. If it's not on Twitter, I don't believe it. See, I've only checked out the WWE Network ones. Like, oh, and one of uh, 
Colt Cabana's and one of Jericho's. The Colt Cabana one's the CM Punk one. Yeah. Yeah. And the <laughs> the Jericho one was part one of his Kevin Smith one, and they talked about hockey the whole goddamn time, and I'm like, well, that's the, the last thing that I wanted to listen to Kevin Smith talk about. <laughs> you know. The only one I've listened to for Chris Jericho's, uh, apart from the WWE one that was on the network, is um, the one you did with Seth Rollins. Because, you know, it's Seth Rollins. See, that's the thing with these podcasts. I mean, and I'm sure it applies to us, too, when people are listening to us. Like, they come to Smack Talk to listen to a wrestling one, and they might like it when, you know, you and I and everybody, like, we talk about other shit, and that's probably why they listen to the all-talk show, and they listen to the fanboys things, and they listen to, like, you know, whatever. But at the same time, if I click on, like, Jericho's podcast, I want to listen to him talk about wrestling. I don't give a shit about the music. So anytime he has a musician on, I'm instantly not going to listen to it. And Kevin Smith is a guy that I like his movies, and he has, like, the Fat Man on Batman podcast, and I love Batman, so I can listen to that guy ramble about Jason Todd for fucking two hours. Yeah, but, but here's, here's the thing. There's an audience for all of that. Oh, there is, There's definitely. There's a best voice for that. There's not an audience for shitty podcasters. Well, that's, like, yeah. that's where it gets even worse to me, because... If I wouldn't want to listen to Jericho talk about something that he's passionate about with music, the last thing I wouldn't listen to even worse than that is when somebody is rambling about nonsense and it's also not even entertaining. And if Piper is that type, I have no reason to listen to that either because if he's talking about wrestling, at the very least, that would be something that would kind of keep my interest. But, I mean, I don't even listen to Jim Ross talk about wrestling and... That speaks volumes. Like, what does Piper thinking, talk about? I was kind of thinking, that reminds me, you know, I'd want to hear him talk about wrestling, but that makes me think, have you guys watched The Unfiltered with Renee Young? No. No. I, I've seen the one with Rollins. She did one with Barrett, and I like those, but it has too much of the personal side of stuff. You know, like talking about Rollins' dog and, you know, what Barrett likes to eat. That's cool and all, but I want to hear, since she knows the business so well, I want to hear her getting into in-depth about, you know, the moves, you know, about their actually, their wrestling career, more behind the scenes kind of stuff. Instead they, don't, of just, they don't like showing that stuff, though. But the fans like it. Do they? What they should talk about is Rollins' dick pics. No, hold on. Do they? Because you got to consider what the most popular stuff on TV is, and it's those reality shows. That's what they're making. Goddamn reality shows. Uh you know, they're, they're basically doing, like, cribs with WWE stars. Kind of. Yeah, but you don't get to check out the fridge. At least on cribs, you get to check out the fridge. Instead of cribs, fridge. they do fridges. <laughs> Everybody's like, I got a lot of protein stuff. Some vegetables. Oh, shit, you see that picture of what Triple H had laid out for, like, his... Yeah. Meal? <laughs> he was like, I'm going to eat this tomorrow. <laughs> but I'd like to see the unfiltered with Renee Young, because I like her a lot. I like... You know, the the segment has potential, but I want to see her doing more of like what Austin does on his podcast. I, I like Austin's podcast, but, you know, there's a lot of shoot stuff on there. So I'd like to see more of that. And but I know if she did that. Uh, why would we have a need for Austin's podcast? Are you, are you talking about the time when Renee Young and Seth Rollins had pancakes? Yeah, that was fucking awful. It was. And it would have been better. Had it been more... Wrestling pancakes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wrestling pancakes. <laughs> Here's a pancake in the shape of the ultimate warrior. <laughs> See, I like that kind of side, but at the same time, it depends on who it is, if they're interesting and stuff. Like, I'm enjoying Xavier Woods' new channel on YouTube, the gaming one, Up, Up, Down, Down. But it's also, it's more entertaining when he has the other wrestlers there. 
Like, the last episode was, um, they had to do, like, a challenge one. It was Jimmy Uso and Heath Slater playing 2K15. And, um, was it Heath Slater was Brock Lesnar and Jimmy Uso was Jimmy Uso. <laughs> and <laughs> Jimmy Uso fucking beats Heath Slater. And by, because he lost, he had to do five pull-ups. And when he, after he did the pull-up, uh, when he was going down, Jimmy Uso would chop him. And that was interesting because it's like, Xavier Woods is fucking weird. And Heath Slater is weird. And even in the background of it, like, Kofi pops up on this a lot. Like, Kofi and Xavier Woods are, like, really, really tight. And Kofi's hilarious because he's just like his New Day character. <laughs> like, he'll watch and he'll be like, oh, get him, son! Get him, son! Oh, ball in! And shit like that. And fucking Damien Sandow is you know what I'm saying? basically a- doing a Kofi Kingston impression. <laughs> he's just like spitting out random rap and stuff and it's terrible but it's amazing at the same time and i like seeing you know that kind of backstage kind of their other personalities and stuff but if they're not doing anything interesting and like i would imagine that if there was like something like that where you know they're interviewing or doing a youtube video or something like that with somebody like jack swagger that i would find it really just blah or like um somebody who's like like Diego or something like you know so a podcast person to me Piper's got mic skills and he's a big character but I don't know what he talks about on his and I've never been really drawn in and somebody like Flair I really could imagine that Flair's podcast is probably just nonsensical ramblings of a lunatic I don't know like None of these guys really seem like they're people I need to listen to. And uh, if Austin is kind of like the king of it, would you guys consider that? Um, as far as wrestling guys only, yeah, I would say he's he's the one who's done. I mean, he's one of, arguably the greatest wrestler of all fucking time. Of course, he's going to have mm-hmm. the best wrestling podcast out of all of them. That's the only one that I listen to regularly. I would think if he's like the guy, probably gets the best ratings and stuff like that. It does kind of make sense for Podcast One to sort of be like, well, let's not piss him off. But, I don't know. We've talked a lot about Austin. Let's move well, on. I'm, I'm, well, just one more thing. I mean, yeah, Pod- Austin is the best and probably the biggest of all the wrestling podcasts. He's far from the biggest fish at Podcast One, though. I mean, they just signed oh, yeah. Shaq for a podcast, which is also very good. I recommend checking that out. Hmm. See, I actually would almost be more interested in hearing Shaq than some of the wrestlers. Shaq is hilarious. The segment he starts off almost all the shows is they play, like, themes from white people television shows, like Family Ties. (laughs) And, like, he has to guess what show it's from. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this definitely sounds like something I would check out. Which, isn't that kind of awful? Like, I don't even like basketball. No, they they very rarely talk about basketball. That's a cool thing. You give me Shaq talking about, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, what's, what's that fucking thing? Um, uh, what's the thing that what's his name was on from Michael J. Fox that that TV show that he was on back in the day? Uh, family was, Ties. That was yeah, Family Ties. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! All right, the one Mike said. <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently, Shaq and I don't know these. <laughs> you don't know the name of the show when you're told the name of the show. We're <laughs> on a whole other level. And the real God funny damn. thing is, every once in a while, they'll throw in one like Family Matters. Right. <laughs> You'll get that, like, right away. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect uh, Strangers is another one that comes to my mind. That'd be great. Um, let's move on, though. Uh, 
we mentioned reality shows a little bit earlier in this. Uh, Kelly Kelly is going to be having a reality show, but it's not entirely about her. She's going to be on something called Wags. Is and, that the new drug she's doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to follow the wives and girlfriends of sports uh, people, athletes, and stuff like that. Who the fuck is she fucking? I don't have a clue. That was one of the questions I was going to ask you guys. <laughs> I didn't think that she was involved in a relationship with anybody or anything. I mean, I don't follow her career because I don't care. She take over freaking A Rod from Tori, like maybe I don't know. I mean, I don't know a lot of these people anyway. Like they could name somebody who's a big I'm, fucking baseball star Google, or something. I don't know. I'm gonna Google this. The only thing I've ever paid attention to when it comes to Kelly Kelly since she's left have been like people post up on websites like here's new pictures of Kelly Kelly on like some calendar thing, and I'm like, oh, she's still hot. Oh, she's dating a guy from the Ducks. Goldberg? My Ducks? Sheldon Surrey. Ah. A 6'4 defenseman for the Anaheim Ducks. Can he do a knuckle puck, though? I'm sure he's doing a knuckle shuffle. <laughs> yeah, so I would assume everybody here is not watching this show, right? No. no. Hell no. Good. No interest. Ohio Valley Wrestling is being sold. Danny Davis is going to sell it to somebody else, and he hasn't said who yet. But uh, what do you think is happening with OVW? Just good? Bad? Indifferent. Uh, they've been irrelevant for a long-ass time, so it doesn't really matter. It's just another, TNA will probably buy them. It's just another shitty little indie fed. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't think TNA can buy anything. I don't even think that they can <laughs> buy replacement light bulbs. Probably merge together. Yeah, they don't really hold the same status they used to. I'm personally not really invested, so I am indifferent as well. Yeah, if this was Jim Cornette's OVW, then it'd be a hot property. But where it is now, it, it couldn't mean less. Wasn't OVW like once upon a time like a WWE training facility? Mm-hmm. The one before FCW. Before they went, you know what, we could just do this better ourselves. <laughs> NXT is so much better. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we have here? Charlotte and uh, Sasha Banks, or possibly Bailey, are going to be called up to the main roster soon and uh, side with Paige. They're finally going to like do something with this goddamn angle. And um, it's more so a question of do they bring up Charlotte and Bailey because that makes more sense, like they're both baby faces, and just kind of hold off a little bit because Bailey apparently hurt her hand or her arm or something. She broke her wrist. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, or do they bring up Sasha Banks because Sasha Banks is not hurt and is obviously one of the biggest women in the uh, developmental uh, NXT? It doesn't really matter what what they are down there. You can make them whatever you want when you bring them to the main roster. Mm-hmm. I would rather see Charlotte and Bailey because I think Sasha Banks would do better still sticking around NXT a little bit. Yeah, but Charlotte and Sasha were a really awesome tag team. I don't know if you remember. They used to be together when they were, um, was it the BFFs? BFFs. Is great. I mean, Charlotte and Sasha Banks and Bailey are all great. So we like we can't lose. I mean, it's not like they're bringing up yeah. Bull Dempsey. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you how we lose. <laughs> We're going to be left with that uh, Dana Brooke character down in oh. NXT. That's oh shit! That's what I was about to say. I'd, I'd rather not see them get promoted and just from the state on NXT. I've got my arm and I'm rubbing it. <laughs> That's all I know how to do. <laughs> Uh, they're gonna suck when they go to WWE though. Keep them down at NXT. Yeah, I'd rather if of the two of the three, uh, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and Bailey, I would probably 
prefer to see Charlotte and Bailey come up. I know Bailey's hurt, but still, like like you guys are saying, they're doing so well down at NXT. Of Charlotte, if anybody, if I only had to pick one, Charlotte coming up. But I'm so worried about the future. Although I probably shouldn't be. They they don't really disappoint. But the future of women's wrestling down there in NXT. Because like you said, who do we have left after that? If we bring up all three of them, Becky Lynch is out on injury, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, then you got Dana Brooke. And Oof. Carmella and uh, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. Alec- okay, we got, got Alexa Bliss. I like her. Camilla is pretty fit. Oh my god! Yeah, Eva Marie coming in, who I think is going to surprise a lot of people. We got god, blue I pants. So. Blue pants. Yeah. I like blue, blue pants. Blue pants technically isn't signed though. I know. I was going to say she's not officially. They, a member they have of the a lot she. of people that they haven't debuted yet, and the most important person is still down there, and that's Sarah Del Rey. So I wouldn't be so pessimistic about it. No, I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, but. My other note is that when they do bring up some of the ladies to the main roster, please let them do what they've been doing in NXT. Don't, you know, don't make them into an Emma, basically. Don't fucking drop the ball like they did there. Hell, even Emma's back in NXT more than she is on the main roster. They didn't drop the ball with Emma. Emma was just terrible. (laughs) Emma's not not bad in the ring, but she's got a terrible character. The character was terrible. It only caught Mm -hmm. on in the NXT crowd because they're too smart for their own good, like... When you actually put that in a big stage in front of people, they're going to laugh at that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Adam Rose. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> another perfect yeah. example. Yep. Yeah, it's a shame, but I mean, at the same time, like, you got to bring them up at some point, and if they bring up... I mean, Charlotte's like a guarantee they're going to bring up Charlotte, mm-hmm. but uh, if they bring up, like, Sasha Banks or something like that... Um, is she still working as a heel in NXT? I haven't mm-hmm. actually yes. checked out the past couple episodes. She's, she's kind of like... She's tweeter. in between at the moment. She's um, yeah, feuding with um, Emma and uh, what's her name? She, she's a cool heel. We'll say that. Hmm. Because didn't they just turn somebody else to? Uh, like some in that same kind of thing? Um, no, for the the men. What was it? Oh, Tyler Breeze. Like, is she kind of doing that kind of thing? No, Tyler Breeze is straight babyface now. Oh, he's not even like tweener? No, he's babyface. Huh. Man, I really got to catch up on my NXT. But I'm curious about that, though, because then, like, the top heel in NXT would be uh, probably Alexa Bliss, I guess. (sighs) I mean, mean, yes and no. I mean, I feel like they're putting more promotional material behind Dana Brooke, actually. Yeah, I was going to say Dana Brooke. They're fucking mammals. They've been putting her to the moon. Um, They have to get some new women down there. It's going to be the ultimate thing. Yeah. One more hot tag to talk about. This is something that is not really confirmed yet, but it's something that's been speculated and talked about or whatever, but there's a possible ban on the word backbreaker in WWE now. And we've seen this happen before. I mean, you, you're not supposed to say belt. You're not supposed to say uh, wrestler. I mean, they've kind of gotten a little bit more relaxed about that recently and stuff, but they ban moves. They ban certain phrases and stuff. And backbreaker, if they ban that... What would be the reasoning? Um, I, from my understanding, they think it sounds a little violent. It's but I supposed mean, to be. Like, it, yeah, yeah but I mean, thing. it is violent, but it's also like cartoonish violence, and maybe they just think that's over the line. I mean, it's it's their product, and they're free to present it how they want. So, what are they going to start calling these backbreaking moves now? I mean, I mean, really, are you going to notice? Like, if you didn't read this in a dirt sheet thing, would you really notice that they're not calling backbreakers? It probably would take me a while, but if they just started this, 
I think one of the reasons why I wouldn't have noticed is Orton hasn't been on TV. Because he does do that backbreaker. He's just like, on Yeah, but they can just go, oh, look at that move. Like, it's, it's so easy to get around that. Uh, yeah, but after a while, I think I'd drop. be able to like pinpoint that they just keep avoiding it. You know, like with the Irish curse, they don't have to call it the Irish curse backbreaker. They could just call it the Irish curse. But Orton doesn't have a na- name for that move. It's just like hits him with the backbreaker, and especially somebody like a Byron Saxon. Call it the snake bite or something. I like that. Why doesn't he have a move called that? Actually, <laughs> yeah, that does sound really cool. <laughs> that would be like perfect fucking name for that. The snake bite. Damn it, WWE. Called Snakebite. Do they still use the skull crushing finale for the Miz? Mm-hmm. Yep. That sounds, that sounds a more, more violent. violent. That sounds brutal. That sounds like you take a skull and like hit it with a sledgematic. Right. <laughs> like I can imagine them backstage going backbreaker. That's a little bit too harsh. What about Brainbuster? That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you remember Hernandez in TNA when he was in LAX? What his finisher used to be called? No. Uh, the border toss. <laughs> that was another yeah, one he that did. Was one, yeah. no, that was great. No, he had the cop killer. Oh, jeez. The cop oh, killer? Yeah, he had a move called the cop killer. They should have brought Big Boss Man in. <laughs> Could have had a good yeah. few. Except he was dead. He was dead at that point? I don't know. He was oh. killed from the cop killer. Yeah, that's <laughs> why. He could have tagged him with nails. He's probably dead too at this point. I I just think Vince has just gone a little bit old senile in his old age. Maybe. Like, you know, banning Seth Rollins' finisher, now banning backbreakers. What's next? Because that doesn't sound too violent to me, the backbreaker. Nah. And it's not like it's, like, offensive for, you know, like, some kind of, like, a racial thing or, like, uh... I don't know. I mean, shit, you've got the rack attack. In the rear view. <laughs> God. Yeah. Isn't the rack attack just a modified backbreaker though? Um, it's it's a torture rack, which is a submission move. What's Darren Young's finisher called? The lucky strike or something? Uh, is that the power bomb into the like knee drop into the back or some shit? No, it's like a fireman's carry into it. See the uh, gut check or something like that. Gut check? That's what it is. That makes sense. I'm trying to think, like, a lot of these people, they have these finishers that I don't really know, like, necessarily the names of, because they don't even say them, and it's really awkward. Like, um, I mean, they they always say, like, you know, Adrian Neville hits the, uh, well, they don't say Adrian anymore, but, like, he's got the red arrow, and Rusev's got the accolade, but, like, does he Slater have a finisher? I was trying to think what Tyson Kidd's finisher was the other day, apart from the shop, sure. Didn't he Slater do kind of, like, Shelton Benjamin's old move? Heath Slater's finisher is... The, the T-Bone? Uh, he has a springboard corkscrew splash. Uh, he has a smash hit. And it looks like that's it. Smash hit? What the smash fuck is that? Hit. It's a spinning lifting DDT. <laughs> that's lame. Yeah. <laughs> Get a DDT finisher when they don't know what to do. Can you look up what Tyson Kidd's finishers were? Because for the life of me, I couldn't think what they were the other day. Sharpshooter. Yeah, I think he's, outside he's of the sharpshooter, the sharpshooter, right? I think outside of that, I think he used an elbow drop, uh, swinging fisherman suplex. Oh, yeah. hmm. I knew he had Bot- a move. Bottom line is, they don't need to call the backbreaker. <laughs> 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 they can do lots of other things, especially if they call it the snake bite. I'm on board with that. 
Well, that'll round us out for the hot tags for this week. Everybody, leave your comments below. Tell us what you think about all these different subjects. Who would you put on the cover for WWE 2K15? What podcast do you listen to? especially when it comes to the wrestling side of things. Who should be caught up if it's uh, Charlotte and Sasha Banks or Charlotte and Bailey or somebody other ones? Are you going to check out WAGS? What do you think should happen with OVW? And is Backbreaker too harsh? All of those different things. And if we missed anything, leave a comment below. Tell us that too. We'll try to respond back in some fashion or something like that. But we're going to take a little break right now. We're going to do the rest hold, and we're going to come back with the first of the two main events of the night, the mailbag questions. And we will see you in part three. Welcome to the Rest Hold, our commercial break section where we fill you in on everything you need to be aware of that's going down in the world of Smarkout Moment for this week, including the outside interference articles. Now, I've written two for e-wrestling news. One is about who should dethrone Finn Balor for the NXT Championship, and the other one is about where the hell is Dean Ambrose in this build for Battleground? So if you're interested in reading those two articles or anything else that I've done recently for either Bleacher Report or for eWrestling News, you can go to those two profiles and find those links, or you can find links below on YouTube for these two, or you can go to the Facebook and Twitter accounts for Tony Mango and Smarkout Moment, or you can go to the homepage of SmarkoutMoment.com, and underneath the Outside Interference section, you will find the most recent posts. The Smark My Words comment of the week goes to Mora Supremo for pointing out how Peyton is an old man who doesn't know what Google is. Googling! <laughs> Weird end to that last episode, wasn't that? Uh, thank you, Mora Supremo, for sending that comment in. Thank you to everybody else as well for leaving a comment and participating in all the different ways that you can tell us to smark your words. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see a list of all those on the screen right now. I'm not going to break them down every single time. But lots of different ways for you to interact with us. And one of our most favorite, one of our most fun ones as well, is our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash the Megamaniacs. And if you are on Facebook, you want to definitely make sure that you're a part of that group because that's where we goof off throughout the week. That's where you'll find some information about some different things going down if we decide to do something and we want to alert everybody. Or, you know, you can just post a bunch of nonsense like we do. If you are going to a wrestling event anytime soon and you want to show your support for Smart Out Moment, then don't forget about the Sign Me Up initiative. All you got to do is take a sign that says Smart Out Moment to it and send a picture or a video of yourself to me, and I'll give you a spotlight on the website and on the next episode of Smack Talk. Another way in which you can help us support the channel is by the monetary side of things. There's three ways in which you can do that. The PayPal donation button at the bottom of smartoutmoment.com, the YouTube channel's fan funding module, where you can become a patron at patreon.com slash smartoutmoment. If you have the spare change that you can throw our way to help us out on the expenses and stuff like that, then obviously that's very, very appreciated. If you can't, it's totally understandable. There's plenty of other ways that you can help us out by liking, sharing, subscribing, following, passing us along to all your friends and family and all that other kind of stuff. Everything's greatly appreciated. We love everything that you guys do to help us out. Another way that you can help out a mango tree is by supporting fanboysanonymous.com. That's where we are talking about all the geek culture side of things that we love, the movies, the video games, the comic books, and that kind of stuff. Not only do we have the articles on fanboysanonymous.com, but we also have podcasts there, so if you like hearing our voices, you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.com slash fanboysanonymous. And if that's not enough and you still want even more of us, then you can listen to another podcast under A Mango Tree. That is the all-talk show, the most random podcast that we have. 
We do those live on megapowersradio.com completely sporadically, and every time that we decide to do one, we will alert you not only on the Mega Maniacs group on Facebook, but also on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash alltalkshow. But if you can't listen live, you can't join in the discussion there, then you can listen to the archived editions on, you guessed it, iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.com slash alltalkshow. And finally, last up here, if you would like to join the Smartout Moment team as a writer, editor, or anything else for that matter, then you can send in an application using the contact form of the website, and I will get back to you with more information as soon as I possibly can. That'll do us in for the rest hold for this week. We've got the mailbag questions coming up. We've got Call the Spot. We've got the Fantasy League. So three more parts coming your way. Smack Talk will be right back. Stay tuned. Click on that next video. Welcome back from the rest hold, everybody. We are going to get into the main events, and we're going to start off with the mailbag questions that you guys have submitted for July. We've got five questions, or 35 questions, <laughs> depending on how you look at it, but a couple different people have sent some things, and we're going to just run them down one by one here. Guy from Brazil. Literally, that's what he wrote on there. I, is it not, Guy or is it Guy? Guy? Maybe it's Guy. I don't know. It's probably Guy. <laughs> What's up, Guy? Uh... Hopefully you're from Brazil and it's not like guy from Brazil from Texas or something like that. Uh, he says, what is the best pre-match video? Personally, I think it's Austin versus The Rock, WrestleMania 17, My Way, Limp Bizkit. I had the trouble thinking about this. I couldn't really pick. I mean, I've liked a lot of them over the years. And actually the first thing that came to my mind, and it wasn't necessarily like the one I think it's the best or whatever, but I really liked Undertaker and Bray Wyatt's from WrestleMania this year. And I really like that song, and they, they're not releasing it, which is pissing me off. But um, I like the uh, the song that they did before the WrestleMania match for Michaels and uh, John Cena. That was good. HBK and Bret Hart, I think, had a really good one for the Iron Man match. But, <laughs> well, H- HBK's part was, anyway. Like, I, I had trouble thinking about, like, what actually a lot of these were, especially for non-WrestleMania things. So I can't really pick... Because I'm sure somebody will remind me of something down the line, and I'll be like, yes, that was amazing, even if it's like months from now or something like that. But Oh, I, I got you on this. I'm, I'm a video guy. Wrestling videos are one of my favorite things about this, the, the little pre-match promos, all done by the same guy. Hard to fucking believe. It's just like the music with Jim Johnson and now CFO Money. They, they have one house guy, and he takes care of all these things. Uh, that My Way video is definitely one of the best of all time that they've ever done. I, I love that one. Um, and more recent history, one that I really liked, and I don't think people give it enough credit because I think it made him look so much more legitimate going into the match, was the one for The Miz before his WrestleMania 27 match. It had that You Can Hate Me Now song, and it... it the whole thing was him standing in a studio and it was, had all these clips showing him going from the real world to being the host of SmackDown and slowly building himself up. Really told a good story for The Miz. But the best of all time, in my opinion, comes from the Invasion pay-per-view. It was the WWE Team Alliance uh, WWE versus Team Alliance. And that was the video where they basically built it up like it was a war like an actual war and they had all this like stock footage of like bombs dropping and like tanks and all this like world war two stuff. And it was all with this overlay of this speech by Freddie Blassie 
that he's told to rally up the troops. And it was just fucking awesome. Hmm. I, I highly recommend seeing that one if you've never seen that one. And while you were saying that, it reminded me of another one, the all-grown-up one from WrestleMania. Oh, that wasn't a pre-match one, but yeah, it was cool. If that counts, I really like that one a lot. Um, Kalen, what about you? What's uh, one that stands out? Uh, I hate to just repeat what the question writer said, but I the first one that popped into my head was that the one exactly what he said, the Limp Biscuit My Way from Austin versus Rock WrestleMania 17. That was... That was about when I started getting back into it, like a year before that. So it was really it had that momentum for me. It really set the pace for it right. Like I've never liked Limp Biscuit. I don't really like them at all. Never have. But even when it comes on the radio now, I will listen to that song because it reminds me of WrestleMania. I heard it, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. And I was in the car and I cranked it. And it still reminds me of WrestleMania. And that's one of my favorite rivalries from that time period and I think it just set up the stage perfectly so I'm going to have to go with the same one as Guy from Brazil and say Limp Biscuit," which is weird saying I'm going to say Limp Biscuit's my favorite <laughs> but, uh, that's the only time in life you'll ever hear me say that do you have a favorite Sean? Uh, my favorite was um, during Wrestlemania 18 and it's The Rock versus Hogan I like, the, I like the music I like the passion in The Rock speech with The Rock lists off like the people believed in him the rock believed in him and then he turned and left i thought it was really good music is like the biggest factor in a lot of these i think uh, I mean, like the editing I mean, and stuff obviously can be like you know you can fuck it up and stuff like that but i think that like if you get a, a strong enough song that works with it, it it'll really boost it most of them are just production music yeah but a lot of that's great Mhm. I also like the Miz, the one on Twenty Seven. That's when I went back to started watching wrestling. Another one from around the same time as that WrestleMania one that I talked about was uh, for uh, SummerSlam two thousand one. And they used "Let the Bodies Hit the Floor" bodies by Drowning Pool. I thought that was a great one. I thought the song fit in really well with it. It was a nice promo package. I just went back and watched that about a half hour ago when we were talking about this kind of stuff before the show, and I think that was another one. I I think. Their house music, their in-house music that they have, uh, Jim Johnson or whoever do, I like it. But I think when they tie in current songs, I think that works even better. That Eminem one was good. The yeah, that was one. good. I like, I like that, that one a lot. Marissa Brimo says, in your opinion, what's the worst moment in WWE history and why? I got to go with either Owen Hart's death or Chris Benoit's situation. Um if you're going with non-kayfabe, if you're going kayfabe, Mae Young giving birth to a hand. <laughs> but I don't think I really need to explain any of them. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys have? The the worst one for me personally, the worst uh, storyline has to be the Katie Vick storyline. I mean, you have Triple H fucking a corpse. What more is there to say? I mean, what the fuck? That was pretty bad. Yeah, as, as for, if we're talking non-kayfabe, I got to go with Owen Hart as well. I mean, that was a tragedy all the way around. Not much more can be said about it. Well, what about I'm, kayfabe? I'd have to think about that. All right, what about you, Peyton? I'm actually going to take this in a different direction. I'm looking at what was the worst moment 
for the WWE as a company. And yeah, Owen Hart dying is sad, but people die all the time. Uh, the Chris Benoit thing was a tragedy, but really, it, it, in the end, it doesn't really reflect on WWE that much. To me, the worst moment for WWE was when they were caught up in all those scandals in the early mid-90s. Vince McMahon is stuck in trial. Hulk Hogan, their biggest star, has not only left them, but now he's testifying against them. The company has lost all of its big stars. They got Ted Turner breathing down their throat. Financially, they're on the verge of bankruptcy. Their product is absolute shit. There's never been a worse time for WWE than that time period. Definitely a different way to take it. Do you think it's a good point? Um, no, I don't know. I'm, I'll, <laughs> the the hand was pretty terrible. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, I I didn't really like the whole the mentally disabled gimmick, you know, like they did with Eugene or Perry Saturn later on. I thought that was kind of tasteless, but. I don't know. I wouldn't say that's necessarily the worst. I'd have to think about that more. Hmm. Peter says, is the next gen podcast on iTunes or just YouTube? Uh, it's just on YouTube for now. Um, I'm going to be putting on iTunes and Stitcher. I don't know, probably sometime around when their actual next special is. And uh, he also asks, are we on wrestling amino? I had no idea what the hell that was, uh, but no. Uh, I looked it up and it doesn't look like it's something. Yeah, I just me. looked it up too. It's a, it's an app. It's I kind guess. of an app thing. Yeah, something to look yeah. into, maybe. I don't know. I got rid of the WWE app and I downloaded the Tough Enough app and I haven't even clicked on that yet. So um, a non WWE thing, it would have to really stand out for me. Yeah, I'm not interested in getting the Tough Enough app. I still do have the WWE app, and that's only so I can watch the network. You want me know? Sean? I got Amiibos. <laughs> Wrestling Amiibos. <laughs> they count? Sure. I got I got a Donkey Kong Amiibo. <laughs> uh, he also says this, the, uh, the 30 question wrestling challenge. We're going to try to breeze through this real quick. Um, Bring it on. What do you guys think that this would be better to go person to person or question to question? Question to question. No, no, no. Person to no. person. No. Person to person. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, I'm going to breeze through mine then because i got my answers all written out ahead of time. Uh, first question, favorite wrestler growing up? Tie between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Favorite fem- female wrestler? Mickey James, possibly. Favorite male wrestler? Shawn Michaels. Favorite theme music? I can't really pick because I just kind of go in different mu- moods. Sometimes I listen to like Mark Henry's theme. Sometimes I'm listening to Jake the Snakes. There's so many of them. I, I have maybe like a hundred something in my uh, collection favorite promotion wwe hands down favorite tag team new age outlaws favorite stable dx makes sense favorite angle i think it would probably go to kane's debut i loved that back in the day least favorite female wrestler i didn't watch her but i'm assuming that i probably would have disliked linda miles the most because <laughs> i don't think i would like anything about her at all uh favorite or least favorite male wrestler the first person that came to my mind was Eric Escobar, which is really kind of odd, but I'd have to look at like all the terrible ones of all time. Favorite manager or valet, Sonny. Gorgeous. Favorite or funniest moment, I really loved when HBK did that whole dropping the European title Triple H thing on Raw and like uh you know, I just couldn't beat you and like all oh, that that was amazing. That's the type of dick uh humor that I absolutely love. 
Favorite gimmick, Undertaker, without a doubt. Favorite memory, Shawn Michaels winning the title at WrestleMania 12. Favorite pay-per-view or show, it's always the Royal Rumble. Favorite promo or segment, I couldn't think of anything for that necessarily. Um, favorite wrestling memory, or first wrestling memory, I remember playing with a couple of the toys over a friend's house in the really, really early 90s. He had like a big boss man and a Rowdy Roddy Piper and stuff. So I think that's the first one I can think of. If not that, then I know that I dressed up as Hulk Hogan one year when I was really, really little. So around the same, uh, same time period. Most overrated wrestler, either Sheamus or Del Rio at this point. Most underrated, Cody Rhodes. Without a doubt, that guy needs to get a world title reign. Favorite wrestling move, Pile Driver. I miss that shit so much. Favorite gimmick match, Royal Rumble. Favorite era in wrestling, probably the end of the new generation era and the beginning of the Attitude Era. Most improved wrestler, Mark Henry. Most shocking moment, Owen Hart's death. Favorite commentator or announcer, Jim Ross. The old years, currently is Renee Young. Dream match, first thing that came to my mind was The Rock versus Shawn Michaels, both in their prime. A wrestler that I want to see more of, The Undertaker. Miss that guy. Favorite rivalry, Austin versus McMahon. Favorite, and we weren't sure about what this was. It, uh, the way that you sent it in, Peter, was favorite wrestling-related imagine. And we took that as possibly the favorite image, like a still image or like one kind of like thing that you would see. And uh, I, the first thing that came to my mind was Shawn Michaels coming down from the ceiling at WrestleMania 12. They show that all the time, and it makes sense because it's like awesome. And last question: Why are you a wrestling fan? I have no idea. <laughs> so who wants to go up next? All right. Well, let me rapid fire this. My favorite wrestler growing up was Shawn Michaels. My favorite female wrestler of all time. I am going to give that to Candice Michelle. Favorite male wrestler of all time, I am going to still hold that to Shawn Michaels. My favorite theme song, I'm like Tony, I go all over. Funny enough, I think my favorite wrestling theme song right now is Sasha Banks' song. It's really fucking top. Yeah. Favorite promotion by far, WWE. It's not even like a competition for anything else. Favorite tag team of all time, the Road Warriors. Favorite stable, I'll give that to DX. Uh, My favorite angle, um... Just like you had Kane's debut, I think I'm actually going to give it to Vader's debut, which was very, very cool. As cool as Kane's was, Vader came in there, just beat the living shit out of then-president Gorilla Monsoon. (laughs) Just an absolute monster from his first day in. My least favorite female wrestler of all time, Nicole Bass. Just look at a picture of this woman. Uh, My least favorite male wrestler of all time, I have always had perhaps an unfair hatred for Jeff Jarrett. We can go into why maybe another day. Uh, my favorite manager slash valet of all time, Paul Heyman or Paul. Bobby Heaton. Probably Paul. Bobby Heaton, though. Paul. Uh, funniest moment? Oh, gosh. Um, we'll say Tea Time with Santino. There's probably way funnier stuff than that. That's the first thing coming to mind right now. My favorite gimmick of all time, Disco Inferno. My favorite memory was... Hmm... Side note, I'm disappointed I didn't pick Bobby Heenan. I think I need to change my sunny answer to Bobby Heenan while you're thinking about that. (laughs) Uh, My favorite memory, I'm actually going to go with my first wrestling show that I went to at Madison Square Garden, which if I, I'll go into more detail about that another day, but it was a very historic show. Curtain Call Incident, if 
you don't know what that is, get on your wrestling history game. Uh, my favorite pay-per-view or show of all time, I actually would give that one to Money in the Bank 2011. Really fantastic show. Every match on there was just solid and enjoyable. Uh, first wrestling memory. I think it's a lot like Tony, where I remember playing with this dude's foam 2x4 with Hacksaw Jim Duggan on it. <laughs> uh, most overrated wrestler of all time. You know what? I'm going to give it to Roddy Piper. I really not never really got what everyone saw in Roddy Piper. He was all right, but he was people would act like, oh, he's the greatest person to never get a world title. Yeah, he never deserved to get a world title, especially not while Hogan was around. Uh, most underrated wrestler. Um, if, I'm going to say right now, say Cesaro. I mean, after the performance he's been giving lately, uh, John Cena recently gave him props after the show. This guy is some guy who deserves his dues. Uh, my favorite wrestling move is the power bomb. Good old fashioned power bomb. Favorite gimmick match is also a Royal Rumble, although I do enjoy any type of big cage, whether it's a War Games or a Hell in a Cell or the the three layer cage that WCW had. Punjabi prison. Not so much a Punjabi <laughs> prison, but it, it could be cool, maybe. Uh, my favorite era in wrestling. It's uh, it's like the the post Attitude Era going into the Ruthless Aggression Era. You know, where like they had the SmackDown Six and Kurt Angle and Edge and Brock Lesnar. That was excellent era uh most improved wrestler undertaker the guy was the drizzling shits when he came in there just a lot of chokes and chops last part of his career he's been having match of the year quality matches uh most shocking moment when Vince McMahon was revealed as the higher power <laughs> favorite commentator announcer i'm actually gonna get the jesse ventura fantastic dude dream match undertaker Versus Bruiser Brody. Wrestler I want to see more of? <laughs> uh, we're not going to go there. Favorite rivalry? Roman Reigns. <laughs> well, um, I- I'm actually going to say Undertaker versus Mankind. Those guys had an awesome war throughout 96, 97, 98. Some amazing, brutal matches. Of course, their Hell in a Cell, their Boiler Room Brawl. And it affected into like other people, too. Like, they had that Executioner dude who is... Um, what's his name? Jesse from Jesse and Festus' dad. <laughs> uh, Goldust got involved in there at some point, too. I, I-, I love that feud. Uh, favorite wrestling-related image is Stone Cold Steve Austin when he is covered in blood during his I Quit match with Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. It, one of the most impactful things you'll see. And you just see it. It's like, holy crap, that is one tough son of a bitch. And that's probably what caused him to have that face turn. I wonder if that really would have been as effective if he didn't have that look on him. And why am I a wrestling fan? Because I fucking like it. <laughs> Kaylin or Sean, who's up next? I'll go next. Uh, my favorite wrestler growing up was either Hulk Hogan or Jake the Snake. I really like both of those guys. Favorite female wrestler, Lita. Favorite male wrestler, Kurt Angle. Favorite theme, uh, there's a bunch of good ones, but I'll have to go with Stone Cold Steve Austin because once that glass breaks and you hear his music, you know he's coming out to kick ass. It always gets me pumped up, so I'll go with uh, Austin on that one. Favorite promotion, WWE, hands down. Favorite tag team, Hardy Boys. Favorite stable, this is not going to be a popular one, but I'm going to go with Right to Censor. I like that whole gimmick. I, I thought, I know. <laughs> I know well, it was terrible. for your favorite music. No, no, no. But uh, I, I like that whole thing. No, let's see. Favorite angle, I'm going to have to go with the Invasion storyline. I know a lot of people like to shit on that, but I was really into it. No, that's still a dream scenario. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Least favorite female wrestler. Ugh, I'm going to have to go with either Eva Marie or Dana Brooke, both of whom are currently on NXT and both of whom I'm not completely trying to shit on. I hope that they improve quickly and soon so I can say, wow, I was wrong. They've gotten so much better right now. Not so much. Least favorite male wrestler. Got to go with great Kali. Never been a fan. Favorite manager, without a doubt, Paul Heyman, best talker in the biz. Funniest moment. This one was tough for me. I was thinking it's it's backstage music or backstage songs, like when Edge and Christian were doing their kazoo songs. I like that a lot. And when Kurt Angle had the acoustic guitar. You think you know me. You think you know me. <laughs> and it was, you know, wearing the little hat. Uh, so I like that a lot, you know. Uh, favorite gimmick, also Undertaker. Favorite memory. Uh, it's not very long ago, but I'd have to say right now, it, at least if it's not my favorite, it's way up there. It's Daniel Bryan winning the title at WrestleMania 30. That was such a feel-good moment. He worked so hard for so long, overcame all the odds, and that was such a good moment. Favorite pay-per-view or show? Now, if we're talking specific ones, I'd have to go with WrestleMania 17. If we're talking in general, Royal Rumbles. Those are always a good draw. Favorite promo or segment? Uh, I know it's, it's, it's shown in just about every clip show, but when Stone Cold came down to the ring with the beer truck, love that segment. Favorite wrestling memory or first wrestling memory? I'd have to say I was over, it was a pool party one summer. I was at some friend's house and I went in and their dad was watching it. It was Million Dollar Man offering people money to do stupid shit. And I was like, what is this? And then, you know, they started beating people up. And I think that was the first time I ever saw wrestling. So Million Dollar Man was definitely my first memory. Most overrated wrestler. I'd have to go with Sheamus. Never been a fan. Most underrated Although he's being used a lot now and people are hot on him, I'd have to say Neville right now. And some people might say, why is he underrated? Because he's so good, but he's being underutilized. He's not nearly up to his potential. So since he's still new to the main roster, there's still time to turn that around. Uh, let's see. Favorite wrestling move. Got to go with the German suplex. Favorite gimmick match. I'm going to go with the Royal Rumble. Favorite era in wrestling, uh, I think Mike was also saying this, at the end of the Attitude Era, heading into the Ruthless Aggression Invasion type era there in the early 2000s. Let's see what else we got. We got favorite commentator, good old JR. A wrestler I want to see more of, Cesaro. I mean, he, he's proved it the last two weeks in a row. He can work. I love him. He's so entertaining. They really need to get behind this guy finally. He won that Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and that kind of went nowhere. He kind of gets these... Stop, start, pushes. I think they should just take the ball and run with him. Let's see what else we got. Uh, favorite rivalry. Also, like Mike said, Undertaker Mankind. That one was quite epic. I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but Undertaker Mankind, I think, deserves it. Favorite wrestling-related image. I'm going to have to go with SummerSlam 2000 when Shane McMahon took that huge drop off the entrance rig. Like, whenever I think of, like, big imagery that just him just taking that dead drop off of there that sticks in my mind such a good spot and finally why am i a wrestling fan well as we know when it's bad it's bad but when it's good it's really really good it's like modern day real life superheroes you know it's like athletes but combined with superheroes so i'd have to say just the the fantasy part of it you know i like being able to buy into the kayfabe when it's good enough just to, you know, I feel like a kid again. And that's all I got. 
And Sean, what are your 30 answers? Uh, 30 answers, here we go. Uh, favorite wrestler growing up? Ultimate Warrior. Favorite female wrestler of all time? Leah. Favorite male wrestler of all time? Chris Jericho. Favorite theme music? Eric Bischoff. Favorite promotion? WWE. Favorite tag team? The APA. Favorite stable? I'm going to get a lot of flack for this one. The Spirit Squad. <laughs> I love the Spirit Squad. I think they're fucking great. <laughs> Uh, favorite angle, Kurt. Least favorite female wrestler. <laughs> least, fe- least favorite female wrestler has to be Eve. I fucking hate Eve. Uh, least favorite male wrestler, the great Carly. Favorite manager or Vanny. Again, Lita. Funniest moment. Kurt Angle in the milk truck. When was I? Funniest moment. Favorite gimmick. Randy Orton's Legend Killer face. That was pretty cool. Uh, favorite memory. Uh, I haven't got a favorite memory. So they're all good. Favorite pay-per-view. Um, Night of Champions. I've always been a fan of Night of Champions. Favorite promo slash segment uh, was the time when they had all the world wrestlers, you know, the world champions and the WWE champions and the World Heavyweight champions in the ring at one time, and the fans started chanting Daniel Bryan's name. That was, that was cool. great. That was pretty yeah. fucking sweet. Uh, wrestle, wrestling memory uh, has to be... Oh, my first wrestling memory has to be when I was in my back garden. Uh, me and my brother were playing with action figures. We decided to bury them in the back garden. That was pretty cool. Your friend Triple H? God damn it, I was going to make that joke. <laughs> we, did have a tri- we did have a Triple H action figure, and we shaved his head, and then we put him in the fucking flower pot. It was great. I was going to make a casket match burial kind of thing. <laughs> like that. I was trying to figure out a way to get that around there. Most overrated wrestler, Roman Reigns. Most underrated wrestler. Uh, has to be my second favorite wrestler, which is Tyson Kidd. Favorite wrestling move, the DDT. Uh, the Tornado DDT. It's really good. Uh, favorite gimmick match, the championship scramble. Favorite era in wrestling, towards the end of the Attitude Era. Most improved wrestler. No idea. I, I'm going to go with... um. I'm going to go with Kofi Kingston. Why not? Uh, most shocking moment. I won't go on. Favorite commentator uh, is Joey Styles. I like Joey Styles. Oh my god! Uh, dream match: Kurt Angle versus Daniel Bryan. A wrestler who I want to see more of, of course, is uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, favorite rivalry: Triple H and Mark. No, Mark Henry. Fucking Triple H and Mick Foley. There we go. That's the one. Uh, favorite wrestling-related image is Mick Foley getting thrown off the hell in the cell. And uh, why am I a wrestling fan? Because I get to talk to these wankers every week. <laughs> More than enough of a reason. (laughs) And we have one more question. This one sent in from Derek. How would you deal with somebody making jokes about cancer to somebody who just lost someone from it? If somebody's a dick enough to do that, fuck them. You don't need to be around them. I mean, I think that we can make jokes about a lot of different things, and I've got a pretty strong skin when it comes to, like, ball busting, and, like, you know, you should kind of be able to make fun of yourself and stuff like that, but... If you've lost a family member, nobody should make a joke about it. 
And it doesn't matter if it's cancer or if it's, uh, you know, a car accident or whatever like that. Like, that's the one time where things kind of should be put on hold. I think if someone doesn't know, you know, say somebody in my family died of cancer, which I have had family members die. But say somebody made a joke to me about cancer or something and they don't know my situation, I'm just going to let it fall to the side. You know, they don't know me. They don't know what's going on. You know, I'm not even going to put any amount of credibility into it whatsoever. However, if they know me and they know my situation, like, ha ha, you know, of cancer, like your grandma died, remember? Ha ha ha. Then I'm going to fuck that guy. You know, I don't need that kind of hate. I'm not going to let him get to me and I'm not even going to acknowledge it. So either way, just, I just let it roll off my back. Yeah. I have a feeling he's talking about us. Actually, it's a little bit of a different story. I don't want to get too much into it, but it's not actually about us. Oh, okay. But uh, what would you do if somebody you you just had like uh, you lost somebody and somebody's making a joke about it or whatever? I probably just wouldn't even like notice them. I'm I'm pretty good about just ignoring people. Me, if it was somebody dissing my dead name, I would go over there and. Sp- Beat the fucking seven shits into them. Need what? <laughs> Knock seven shits into them. <laughs> I would, like you spit shits into them. No, <laughs> no, no. Knock seven shits out of them. That's what I would do. Yeah, well, with me. That, I mean, you gotta consider it? the source. If it's you know, if I'm a person listening to a podcast and somebody's making fun about something that affects me personally, I'm just gonna say fuck these idiots. Yeah, and just not to put any stock into it whatsoever. Here's the thing, Sean. It's it's. The question, as far as I'm reading it, isn't that they made fun of the person. Like, if someone made fun of the person that died, yeah, I'd, I'd get much more upset than that. But if they just make, like, a cancer joke, like, they probably don't even know. Like, so, like, I, I would just ignore it. I mean, there's different levels. Like, if it's something like, you know, you've lost a family member to cancer, and somebody just makes a cancer joke, period, I don't think you have any real reason to be upset about it. But um, the context of this one, it was uh, I was rewording like a big conversation kind of stuff, is more so uh, somebody lost somebody and another person said, like, what was it? Uh, Sean knows more about it than I do. Sean's the one who brought it up to me. Mm. Um, something like um, that they, they wished cancer upon somebody else and they were joking about like that the, the person had died or something. What was it? Um, Derek's friend's grandma died of cancer and uh, this this guy just uh he knew about it and he started making fun of his um his mate and said basically that the wish that these two would have cancer and join the you know their his gram yeah, and that's just like that's uncalled for and fucked up like you don't do that i think it's greasy i probably wouldn't be friends with that person anymore but i wouldn't get like hot about it See, I'm not the type that goes into, like, I'm going to fight them. I'm not a fist-fighting type of guy. But I highly doubt I would ever talk to them again. Because that would just be like, dude, if you're, like, grieving right now, you need support. You don't need assholes. And, you know, there's, like, ways, like, you might not be, like, the type of person who would be like, oh, you know, let's get together and let's talk. And, you know, if you need anything, like, you don't need to do that necessarily. You could be the type of person who just doesn't get in the way. But if you're trying to, like stir the pot and stuff like that you're one of those jerks that just does it for the sake of being a jerk yeah if someone's actively trying to be an asshole to me then i'll just 
drop them. I don't have time for that kind of negativity in my life. But if somebody's just making an off-color joke mm-hmm. and it's not really directed anywhere, you know, I'll just I let it slide. I don't yeah. let it upset me. We got a wide variety of uh, mailbag stuff here. <laughs> some wrestling talk, some life talk. Uh, but we're still going to continue smack talk. We've got the main event, main event of the night coming up next. It's called the spot on the card for the NXT five. Thank you to everybody who sent in all your questions for the mailbag. Make sure that you guys do that again, because the August one is going to be coming up. Uh, when's that going to be coming up? Let me bring up my list here right now. August is probably going to come up on episode 194 or 195. So August 5th, August 12th, something like that. Got a couple of weeks. So start brainstorming, start submitting them and I'll backlog that and we'll answer anything you guys send us. So, uh, Thank you again. Uh, Leave your comments below. Answer these questions if you guys want to answer them. And we'll be back in part five. Welcome back. We just got through the mailbag, and we're going to do the other main event for this episode, episode 190, if you're not too sure about what episode we're on right now, and you're just checking out random things. But we are doing Call the Spot on the card, and if you don't know what that means, it's kind of our version of Marry, Fuck, Kill, where instead of just, you know, you got to pick the Marry, Fuck, Kill thing, you have five different options, five different superstars, and you got to rank them, and you have to place them in the specific categories. You can't double up. You can't replace anybody. So these five people get placed in one of these five spots. That's it. And that's what makes it difficult. And we're going to do this based off of the NXT five. That's kind of coming about because of the beast in the East uh, special that we just had, because two of them were arguably the ones that should have been the main event of that night. But NXT has been taking things by storm and shit. It's a group of five people. Why not take advantage of it? So those NXT 5, for those who don't know, are Finn Balor, Hideo Watami, Adrian Neville, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. So we have to rank them in order, and it goes from bottom to top. Released, jobber, mid-card, upper mid-card, and main event is the top of the card. So, hmm... I think that this was a tough thing, but at the same time, my released and my main event were easy. It was the middle ground that ended up being difficult for me. My released, I went with Hideo Watami. I think that out of everybody, that he's shown me the least amount of potential. And that's not to say that he's bad, but comparing him to the other four, I would rather watch any of the other four in a match than Hideo Watami. And I think the language barrier is something that's going to be a little bit tough to get around. And he just doesn't have as marketable as a look as some of the other people and stuff. Like, all of the elements that you can possibly bring together, except for being popular because he's got a different ethnic background, that he, you know, has a tie to that kind of culture, everything else, he's a downgrade from the others. So, by default, he gets my released. So let's go around here. We're going to split this up uh, category to category instead of person to person. So, Peyton, who did you give release to? Kevin Owens. Holy shit. Really? Fucking fat. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to release fucking that other guy because he's fat, that other guy because he's fat, then you should release Kevin Owens for being fat. Trim some weight, tubby, and you can come back. What's your real answer? Kevin Owens. Really? That's your answer? Mm Mm-hmm. Goddamn. Harsh. I thought he was kidding, too. (laughs) Kalen, who's released? 
Uh, this one was pretty easy for me. I'd have to say of those five, Future Endeavored would be Hideo Itami for basically the reasons you said. You know, language barrier is tough. I do like watching him in the ring, but he's got a lot of kicks and not a whole lot else. And he's he's a great wrestler, but of the five, I'd have to I'd have to make him hit the road. Sean, who are you releasing? Hideo Itami for the, exactly the same reasons. The language barrier, the fact that he only does his kicks. And the fact that I just don't like him. Well, step above the released one where they're still in the company, but they really are just like, what am I getting this paycheck for, is Jobber. And this was the toughest one for me to pick because at least with mid-card and upper mid-card, or upper mid-card and main event, you're kind of like on the same range. Jobber is like, damn, that sucks. And, you know, I hate uh, hate to say it, but I gave this to Sami Zayn. He is somebody who's really great, and I like watching him in the ring. He's popular and all that kind of stuff. But if you were going to put up people like Undertaker and Triple H and John Cena and everybody, one by one which with each of these people, I would buy Owens, Balor, and Neville being able to beat him more than Sami Zayn. And I know that that like, doesn't hold a lot of value because Sami Zayn could in this kind of environment, but I think if any of them were going to be like an entertaining jobber, Sami Zayn probably would make the most sense, especially in a different era. Like In the Attitude Era, Sami Zayn probably would have just been a jobber. And that sucks, but that's what makes this difficult. So Sami Zayn gets my jobber spot. Hate to say it, but uh, Peyton, who's the jobber? Well, I'm going to say Sami Zayn as well, but I'm not going to say hate to say it. I think that's his spot. I think that he comes in as a smaller guy. It's not impossible for him to get up there, but if he is, the best way you're going to do that is not him coming in and having some kind of unbelievable fire streak and beating a bunch of guys. He has to build his way there, and the number way, one way to get him there is with fan sympathy. Have him be like the Daniel Bryan story or the Shawn Michaels story where he has to fight and claw his way up from the bottom, gain crowd support because, like, man, we really want to see this guy. We really want to see this guy. We really want to see this guy. And then you could pay that off years down the line. Galen, who's your jobber? Got to agree. Again, Sami Zayn. For basically the same reasons you guys said, you know, he's so likable. He's so over with the crowd. He doesn't need to win. He doesn't need a title. He is good at making other people look good. You know, he can gain sympathy by losing a lot. He can make the heels look dominant by just squashing them. I think his best position of the five would be jobber if I had to assign one. And the modern jobber doesn't just lose all the time. True. Yeah. We, we don't have jobbers in the classic sense anymore. You know, gone are the days of the Brooklyn Brawler and Iron Mike Sharp. You know, the modern jobber is like, you know, what Kofi Kingston was for years or like Bo Dallas now. Like, they still get wins here and there. Okay, I'll, not a jobber then. Enhancement talent. <laughs> a mechanic. Yes. He's going to be tag teaming with the mechanics. <laughs> Sean, who's the jobber for you? It's a full house. Sami Zayn. Poor Sammy. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Sammy can bump, too. Yeah, yeah that's, that's another thing. People could toss him around, and it makes it mm-hmm. look so much better. That's actually one of the reasons why I bumped up uh, Adrian Neville. He's my mid-carder. 
um, is their ability for him to just kind of like flop around the ring and do a bunch of crazy stuff and put other people over. That's why he doesn't get the upper mid-card spot, because I think that he could be somebody who is kind of wrestling for, like, the you know, the Intercontinental U.S. title, stuff like that, but not maybe the guy. He's the guy that puts on a good show but loses. And I think another reason why is his mic skills just aren't really that great. Mm. So Neville's my mid-carder. Who's uh, mid-carder for you, Peyton? My mid-carder is Hideo Itami. I am much more positive on him than you guys. I honestly don't think you guys have really seen that much of Hideo Itami. Because this just sounds like a consensus opinion that the internet has made up about Hideo Tommy, and I don't think many people give him a fair shake. He actually has a lot of skill there. No, he can't talk very good English, but he doesn't need to. As a matter of fact, I think his all the things foreign about him gives him a mystique. It, it shakes things up. I'm tired of having the same fucking white guy with short brown hair who looks like he just came out of a fucking frat house. I want something a little bit more unique, so having that international fair with Hideo Itami, a guy who's skilled, a guy who we know at the very least is good enough for creating finishing moves for the rest of the roster. <laughs> I, I want to put him in the mid. Uh, I, I would maybe give him a manager, but I would say put him with Paul Heyman. I think Paul Heyman would do wonders for that guy. And in that situation, would you have Hideo Itami be face or heel? Um, or would it matter? Pr- I think preferably heel. Because, uh, I hate to say it, but the Asian villain is uh, stereotypical. <laughs> but, um, Just bring Mr. Fuji. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, um, but you know what I think would be really cool if like Paul Heyman got like a modern dangerous alliance? And I think Hideo Itami would be the perfect fit for something like that. Because hmm. he's got the go to sleep? Sure. Kalen, who's your mid-carder? Also going with Adrian Neville for basically the same reasons you said, Tony. I know so far our lists have been identical. Adrian Neville's great. He is not, I wouldn't put him as low as far as saying he's a jobber or, you know, in the position that I would put him, but he's great at making other people look good. I want to see him chasing those mid-card titles and he's always putting on a good show. So I don't think I could rank him as high as the main event or upper mid-card. I was kind of split on him as far as upper mid-card or mid-card, but I'm just going to put him in the standard mid-card there. And for a couple of reasons, like you said, he's not the best on the mic. They need to work on that. They need to give him some more time speaking, I think. Have more invested storylines with him. But I love him, and mid-card, I think, fits him quite well. Who's yours, Sean? I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I'm going to go with Finn. Finn is my mid card because I I <laughs> I I just I just don't like Flack him. Flack is is I don't like the coup de gras. I I don't think I think he's just overrated. To be fair. I, I don't enjoy any of his matches. I've I, I think he's quite boring in the ring. And all he does is flips and shit and whatnot. But you like Neville. I know I like Neville. Neville's my fucking main event. Spoiler alert. See, I put Finn Balor in the upper mid-card spot, and I I agree that I like Neville in the ring better than Finn Balor, at least right now. And I actually kind of like Sami Zayn in the ring a little bit better than Finn Balor. But 
Balor to me strikes me as a bigger superstar and not even like, you know, in the sense of like more muscles or something like that, but like he carries himself differently. And that's a big factor of whether or not somebody can be an upper mid Carter instead of just kind of like, well, they're good at wrestling and he's a little bit better on the mic too. I mean, it's not great, but he's better on the mic than Adrian Neville. So that gave him another little boost to me. Really, it became, I can't give him the main event spot, because we might as well just do both at the same time. We already, you know, uh, my main eventer is Kevin Owens, because he is fucking awesome. He has been just taking things by storm in a way that I can't remember the last person that I felt like that about. He is good in everything that he has done. Mike skills, in the ring, keeping a character going, keeping things fresh. I mean, I even watched the little thing on the latest Botchamania that I didn't notice where he was flubbing up some kind of a line about, like, um, that he deals with, like, pessimistic people or something like that, or I, I can't remember for sure exactly what it was, but he kind of, like, mumbled over his words, and the fans were like, ah, like, you fucked up and stuff, and he was cutting a promo on Hideo Tommy, and he's like, oh, I was messing up so much, it sounded like Hideo Tommy trying to speak English. <laughs> Immediately jumped right into something that was like, that's a dick comment to say, and that's so fucking funny and all that. He's so great, so, like, I had to give him main event, so by default, Finn Balor had to get up her mid-card. And I've been warming up to Finn Balor a lot lately, and I still think he has a lot to, like, progress. But if you were to ask me who's going to be a bigger star in the future, Neville or Balor, I think it's going to be Balor. So that's why he gets that spot. And I already talked about Owens. He's my main eventer. So, uh... Hayden, who's your upper mid card and main event? My upper mid card would be Neville. Uh, I think he is a guy that they're doing perfect with. I mean, the, this whole Mighty Mouse inspired gimmick they have for him, where he comes out with the cape and he's got like the arm cuffs on, looks kind of like a superhero. I, I think that's exactly what he should be. He's a guy who's going to be oohs and ahs for the families coming in. Kids and will oohs. love him. They're going to buy all types of Neville merchandise. Uh, I, I think they should sell like little capes kids can buy so they could look like Neville. That'd be smart. Uh, he's he's going to be a good ears. star like that. I, I don't think he will ever be able to truly be a main event guy. I think he's one of those guys that you could pull in once in a while for a month or two feud with the champ if if you want to like build that to it, but he's never going to be a guy that I can even see winning the title. Uh, but I can see him being one of those dominant intercontinental titles. Possibly a guy, if he keeps his career right, he could take that slot of being the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. He's a guy I could totally picture, because that's the worker's title, and that would be a perfect representation of him there. Uh, and that leaves my main event. Only person left, Finn Balor. This guy is worth um, billions and billions of dollars. This guy just has it all. He has this dimensions to his character that nobody else has. The, the stares that he gives, the choreography that he has when he's coming out the shifting between the regular Finn Balor and into the demon and the ways you could go with that to like create different characters beyond the demon you know maybe you can make like the dragon and you can make like the lion you could do all these different things with that and I think that's really clever because you know a lot of people are like is he going to do the body paint you know oh I don't really think so because they were all like Marvel and DC characters and all this what a great turnaround create your own freaking characters and then you can also add all these like psychological things to them as they've been doing that that's fucking awesome um we, we talk about how the undertaker was great and the undertaker mankind feud was great and one thing i was going to say about that earlier 
is that how rare it is that something so gimmicky can be so well loved and and seem like a main event legitimate thing. And I think that's something that Finn Balor can bring there. And he's a fantastic wrestler. And he has that international flair that I was talking about before. He he has everything. I cannot wait to see how he's going to be on the main roster when he gets there. He's punching flair. I don't think I said anything about that. He's got the international flair. Uh-huh. Yeah. International joke. Anyway, Kalen. <laughs> Man, the first three was pretty easy for me to assign them. These two, I kind of weighed them back and forth a bunch in my head. And one of them has to be, because uh, I'm left with, with Kevin Owens and Finn Balor. And making one of them a main event or one of them an upper mid card, it's really tough for me. But let's see. I'll, I'll give, before I tell my results here, I'll give my pros and cons of each. Kevin Owens, he is a powerhouse. He's been great in everything that he's done so far in NXT and the main roster. His character is great. Of the five, he's the best talker. I love watching him in the ring. His feud with Cena has been gold, in my opinion. Really, really good stuff. With Finn Balor, he's got the best entrance right now, I think, in the whole company. He's got the best look of all the five. I do like, like Sean said, the flips and shit and whatnot. I like that. <laughs> I like watching Finn Balor do the flips and shit and whatnot. His character's intriguing, but Finn Balor definitely needs to work on his mic skills because uh, he's not really given much on that. I still haven't watched. I know they aired the the little 10-minute uh, Finn Balor things leading up to him winning the title this past weekend. Still haven't seen those, but I think that could possibly change my opinion. In the end, the upper mid-card... I'm going to have to put Owens in the upper mid card. I love him. He's great. But I don't want him chasing the main WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Finn Balor, however, I would like to see him in the title picture for that one. So I'm going to say Finn Balor's my main eventer. Upper mid card is Owens. And like I said, this was the toughest one because it was not really a coin flip, but it was really, really close for me. That leaves Sean. Who do you got for upper mid card and main event? Uh, up on my card is Kevin Owens, and I don't know the reason behind that, but I can give you the reason why Adrian Neville is my main eventer. He's got he's got a great physique, minus the ears. He's got a great move set, and most importantly, he's on my fucking team. <laughs> most importantly, and that always comes first. Alrighty, guys, tell us what you would do with ranking these people. Who would you put in these different spots for the NXT 5? And what do you think about our list? Uh, any of them that you completely disagree with? Any of them that you do agree with? All that other kind of stuff. Leave those comments below. We've got one more thing to take care of for this episode, and that is the Fantasy League, so stay tuned for Part 6. We're going to be there. Click on that next video. We'll be right back. Hey. Welcome to the final part of episode 190. It's time for the Fantasy League. So, Peyton, what do we need to be aware of for anything that's going on? Well, if you want to be down on what's going downtown with the Fantasy League, go to WWEFantasyLeague.com where you can see the rosters, the standings, and anything else about it. The rules, they're all there. <laughs> <laughs> the standings really haven't changed too much, though. Drew's fight, Dwight's fucking shithead losers are still fucking shitheaded losing. My time... Or my team, oh my god, my team, our time is now. It's a lot of fucking tees. As many tees as Tony's Tykes too, though. Tony's Tony's Tykes too. 
<laughs> fucking alliteration. I'm fucking. I'm. I'm mad at this. Let's just get. To yeah, clearly. What is that? That's two weeks in a row that this fantasy league thing is completely just like. <laughs> uh, Drew is not here still, so he's not going to be doing anything to help his team. Wago's not here either. Tony, you're next. I hate to do this, but I have to drop a new day member. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to get rid of Xavier Woods uh-huh. and pick up Rusev. Rusev. Suck a big fat cock. I don't like the <laughs> idea that Rusev's on my team as well as Sheamus, <laughs> but New Day hasn't been winning me as much, and Rusev, you know, he's back. So. I'll trade you somebody for Rusev. I'll trade you someone for uh, Rusev. I was going to say, you realize you've ruined all of Sean's plans. This is all he's been talking about the past week. Really? Yeah. Is he yeah. going to pick up Rusev? Yeah. <laughs> I, I highly doubt that you would, but I'd trade you for John Cena. Nah. I'll I was, I was thinking show. more like Kane. Yeah, nah. <laughs> nice. Oh, well, I'll go with my plan B then when it gets to me. Um, well, it actually is to you next, so. There's always a plan B. Yeah, I'll. I'll is Cesaro picked up? I do he's not available. believe Cesaro is available. Team, no. no, no, he's he's not available. No, he's he is available. available. Uh, oh, happy days! I'll drop Big Show for Cesaro, please. All right, so Cesaro for the Big Show Where on Sean Walker's team. It is Cesaro. I just typed in the Big Show. It's gonna have to do. Uh, next, next would be me. I have no nothing I'm interested in doing. Tony, anything else for you? Damn it! I wish that New Day was better off, and I could just do that. But no, I'm I'm good. All right, Sean. Anything you want to pick up? I really want to drop Bray Wyatt. Really? I do, but there's nobody out like good enough to replace him, so I'm gonna stick. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up then. Remember, WWEFantasyLeague.com to get all the latest standings, rosters, and rules and everything else involved with the league. I'm all depressed now that I don't have all three new day members. <laughs> Though if Drew was available, I would have swapped. Would for have Randy Orton? I could have swapped for Randy Orton, yeah. It's not your fault that the new day sucks. Yeah. New day sucks. So, plug time. Day sucks. Kalen, you're up. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Kalen Ferris and watch me bitch about stuff once in a while. John. No, no, no. Manamana? Manamana. Do, 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 do. No, no, no. No, no, no. Ah, I ain't got nothing. Just, just, just keep an eye out. I'll post something. <laughs> I'll post something on those things that I, you know. <laughs> yeah, that I'm subscribed to. I'll post something somewhere, and people will look and go, ooh, ah, and don't click on my shit. But, you know, it is what it is. Payton. All right, well, for all the latest goings-ons in the world of Payton, follow me on Twitter at M-R-P-A-D-E-N. Or you can find it by Googling. Googling. Great Googling moogling. Alrighty, guys, that's it for one ep- uh, for episode 190, not one episode 90. <laughs> uh, of course, leave all those comments, like, share, subscribe, follow, favorite, all the other kind of options that you have here. Next week, we're going to do Battleground Predictions, because it's going right into another pay-per-view again. Week after that, we're going to do Battleground Review, 
And then for episode 193, it's going to be Fantasy Booking SummerSlam. After that, not too sure what we're going to do. So if you have any suggestions, then leave them. I know we're going to do the mailbag sometime after that, but maybe we'll do that Hottest Divas uh, in WWE tournament again, if you guys want to see that. If you Hell guys yeah, don't, we do. <laughs> Superstar scores Buff Bagwell. Come on, rally behind it. Possibly. We'll see. So leave all those comments and those suggestions and stuff like that, and we'll get around to whatever we get around to. And, of course, if we don't get around to what you guys want to do, remember an option is that you can always request one through the uh, Patreon and uh, a couple other things that are going on with the Patreon rewards and stuff like that. But um, check out all the things in the rest hold that are my plugs for Fanboys Anonymous, for All Talk Show, and for anything else going on under the Smart Out Moment brand. That's it for episode 190. Thank you to everybody on the panel. Thank you to everybody for listening. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out. Had a dream, I did an outro. This is how we're ending this week's show. The main roster needs Charlotte and Sasha Banks. Bring them up and let them wrestle. Dear God, just please let them wrestle the same way they do on NXT. Did you say outro? <laughs> outro? I said outro. I said had a dream I did an outro. Oh. <laughs> we both were just like, wait for I outro. have no idea what song you fucking did. The Sasha, Banks. Sasha Banks. That was a really bad version of Sasha Banks' uh, song. <laughs> Super Mario <Terry>. Brothers. <laughs> Terry Phillips 27 at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> Unless one of you guys got a better outro. That's all I got. Uh, that's good enough. I hope you include Sean's bit there in the fucking post <laughs> Just saying some dude's email address. Yeah, I never I, know I, how much you're going to record at the end of that because usually like...